Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And it's it's a beautiful place. I know I'm biased, but if you've never been to the Northwoods of Wisconsin or even to Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolet Bible Institute, or even just down the road, we have another campus called Wolf River Refuge. If you haven't been to us and you've just been listening on the radio, joining on podcasts, first of all, thank you for doing that. We enjoy having these conversations with you. But I would love for you guys to come and check us out because I think it would help you understand um, just the simplicity of life that God intended things to be. It allows you to get away from the busyness of life. It allows you to be in relationship with people and to enjoy the creation that God has around us. And it's a special place. Um, I, like I said, I know I'm biased, but I think uh, for a lot of people, it's almost like a refuge coming up here because it's it's the place that they go to to unplug, to get away, to to meet with God and to meet with people. Um, and so whatever that is, if you want to come to one of our retreats, if you want to come to summer camp, if you want to get away and have a, even a prayer time or, or just a alone time at the Wolf River Refuge, or even if you're a college student or a soon to be college student, or you know, somebody that would benefit from just having a, a year where you can learn the Bible, learn how to serve within an environment that would be Nicolay Bible Institute. So whatever, whatever it is, I encourage you to be intentional. Um, and if you're just stuck in a rut of everyday life, do something different to, to, to kind of spark your relationship with God again. And we'd love for you to come out and join us. So head over to the silverbirchranch.org and you can check that out and you can, all the links are on there for Nicolay Bible Institute, Wolf of Refuge and all that fun stuff. But Dave's a little bit more biased than I am, I'm sure. And I'm really biased. Yeah. So, <laughs> Very much so we'll let you, we'll let you know, but, uh, it's, it's a fun place to be up here, even though it's fall right now and a little bit ugly, but we talked about that in the last episode, so we don't need to visit that again. Yeah. You know, it's really hard for anyone to challenge their perspective. Mm. That's very hard. Yeah. Because you grow up and you grow up totally surrounded by family, friends. You grew up in a country, an environment, a neighborhood. Yep. So to challenge your perspective is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's how you should challenge it. And you should because perspectives, all perspectives really mean is that you and I have an angle that we look at life through. Yeah. We have a prism or whatever you want to call it that you look at life through. And, and you realize God doesn't have a perspective. Yeah. So now you sit there and go, okay, okay. God doesn't have one, but I do. So how can I understand God? Yep. Well, honestly, it's really difficult for those who have a perspective to understand God who has not. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that when God says something, you don't act like he's got a perspective or an opinion or anything like that because he doesn't. And mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. So admitting that helps you adjust right mm-hmm. away. So, so you're able to say, okay, um, for example, when I think life is in a, a a constant adjustment to our purpose, Mm -hmm. the problem is what if you don't know your purpose, then you just keep changing your life and you don't know if it's the right way to change it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The world which we live in is so often caught up in the cause and effect relationship, but Mm -hmm. they, they forget that the cause and effect needs to be driven by purpose. Yeah. So. What do you think, I mean, just in general, if, if you were to go to a college, secular college, and you ask what the purpose in life is, what, what would kids say? I'm sure someone would say to make a lot of money. Okay. Be wealthy. Okay. Um, someone might say to be popular, have a lot of friends that they could just enjoy and do life with. Yeah. I, I would say it would, it would probably depend on the personalities and what they value, you know, because I would say the purpose of life for those people would be whatever they value most, and that would become their purpose. Yeah. If you value money most or comfort or. Right. Then that will become your purpose. Yeah. Is to have the most money or the most comfort or 
you know, or the most pleasure, you know. Um, Do you think people would would on you know honestly answer? Yeah, I I think my goal in life, my purpose in life, is to live with the most pleasure I can get in. No. No, they, they, they they'll have to use, sound nobler than oh, that. Oh, totally, totally. And that's where we get the semantics game, you know, the, the, the play of words. You know, they'll be like, well, I just want to be successful. It's like, oh, okay. So how do you know so your purpose? Successful. How can you be honest in assessing what you think your purpose is? Because obviously, like it's, I used to call them Sunday school answers. I would ask somebody a question and they'd just spit out. My wife and I would laugh at it because if they said Jesus, the Bible, God, that was a Sunday school answer that, oh, yeah. that basically, you know, what do, you, what do you think about this? Jesus. No, I didn't ask that. <laughs> you know, I mean, great for you and your Sunday school uh, That's right. lesson, but I didn't ask that. So how does somebody honestly assess and know what their purpose is to even see if it should be their purpose? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at your life and you say, okay, comfort's my purpose, how many times are you going to be ripped away from that? Oh, man. Today's a rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what are you going to do? Right. So before you know it, you're you're chasing places that never rain, or you're doing whatever it might be. Yeah. Like no, that's not my purpose. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I don't enjoy sunny days. Yeah. So I I think once in a while I think we get confused. Is like, is it wrong to enjoy a sunny, beautiful day? Mm-hmm. Of course not. But is that our purpose? Because right. in life there's rain. Yeah. There's snow, there's sleet, there's ice. There there are those things. Nobody says you have to go out and and like it. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many times we've trained ourselves to lie to ourselves. And not because we we somebody said you need to learn to lie to yourself. I mean that that's not what happened, but we do anyway because we think that we have to like things that we don't like or we don't uh, we like things or we don't do them. Mhm. Like, you know, I, I tell kids here at Nicolay Bible Institute all the time, you don't have to like plunging a toilet. Right. I, don't, I don't really care. Yeah. And they look at me like, well, no. No, you don't find somebody who says, oh, good, I get to go plunge a toilet today. That that doesn't happen. Occasionally. Yeah. Rarely. Yeah, yeah well. Uh, <laughs> there's other issues with When you're that in person. camping ministry, you come across yeah. some yeah, there's other issues unique then. personalities. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. But the bottom line really is, I mean, in life, there's going to be things that you really find unpleasant. Right. That you need to do and do well. Mm-hmm. And, have, you know, you got to deal with that as a young person, as an older person. You have to realize that that's the way that is. Yeah. And be okay with it. And not think, well, I am not happy now because I am doing things I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Really, there's going to be a lot of life like that. Oh, absolutely. A lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just telling you, we, we got some carpet replaced in our house. And in order to do that, of course, uh, the guy laying the carpet said, everything's got to be out. Carpet, you know, I'm thinking, oh, no problem. And then I took everything out of a room that we haven't taken everything out of for 30 years. And you realize you had a lot of stuff. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm glad in one way. I mean, <laughs> did you? Here's the question. When the carpet was done, did you put it all back in, or did, did were, you, were you able to part with some, some of it? Some of it's gone. <laughs> some of it's gone. And you know, the interesting thing though is you start you start looking at what you have as a burden at that point, hmm. not as a blessing. Yeah. Now we got all that stuff because it was a blessing, not a burden. Now it's become a burden because it got in my way. Yeah. And I have to move it. <laughs> you know, so it's like. 
okay, how easy, how fickle I am. Yeah. A, a healthy person looks at it and goes, I, I don't want to do this, but let's do it, and enjoys the whole process and says, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to have a good attitude about it. There's just things in life like that. I think I was trained wrong as a kid because my mom used to, she was great at, at saying things that tried to make us think we should like to do things that we would never like. Mm. So she would say, Who'd that's, like who'd like to take out the garbage? That's right. It's a good attribute of a parent, by the way. Yeah. It's like who would like to take out the garbage? <laughs> and my brother and I would look at each other and neither of us answer. Yeah. Well, sounds, sounds like my boys. Who who likes taking out garbage, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, you know what I would rather have her said is, Dave, take out the garbage. That's okay. right. I was like, okay. You know, then I'm not like you know, but if she says who would you do you want to take out the garbage? Do you want to do the dishes tonight? Like and I would I, answer, no. I don't want to do it. And then my dad would go, don't get sassy. It's like, <laughs> she asked. <laughs> I don't want to do the dishes. Isn't it funny how we become the very thing that we oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, okay. So I thought, you know what? I, I don't want to do that. I want to say, I really don't care whether you want to do the dishes. Get up and do them. Did you now tell her that? The, now all of a sudden the kids look at you like, huh? Yeah. I, I'm not asking if you like it. Yeah, I need you to do this. Go do the dishes. Yeah. It's like, but don't I need to like stuff I do? Nope. No. And and you could start, if you want, just for the fun of it, keep a list of things you don't like and you have to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then decide, I'm going to get really good and efficient at those things Yeah. so that I don't have to dwell on them. Mm-hmm. One of the worst things you can do, honestly, is be a procrastinator. Because Why do it today when I could do it tomorrow, Dave? Exactly. Why, <laughs> why do the dishes now? I'm going to have to run water later. You know, I mean, I understand. But All I know is the ideal procrastinator invented the dishwasher. Yeah, well, that could be. Because by the time you put the dishes in the dishwater, you've pretty much cleaned them anyways. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a double process we have. <laughs> we really have clean dishes in our country. That's right. But, you know, it's fun because I think understanding this has made me in life much more efficient in life because I go after things I don't like normally first Mm -hmm. because otherwise they're weighing on my brain. They're, 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 you know, it's robbing me from the joy of life. Right. So you'd rather just get it done another way. Otherwise it's like that, that thing that lingers in the back of your mind knowing that, Oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to do it. It's like for any college student that's listening, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're speaking your language. Yep. Because I'm sure there's that test, that exam, that thing that you got to do that you just keep putting off. And you'll put it off until you know it's like, all right, I have no more time. I have to do it. Whether that's waking up at 4 a.m. in the day yeah, that's due to crank it out. You know, I think we've all been there, whatever it is, whether you're a college student, whether you're, you know, whatever. There's those things in life that it's like, oh, I got to do that. Yeah. And that's a part of life. Yeah. And you can't like you can't just be like, oh, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, we've had young people over the house and Linda's making something. And I've had one of them turn me couple of years ago and saying do you guys ever mess anything up <laughs> and i thought what are you talking about well, every time over your house is clean now we actually pick up as we go along yeah that's what we do yep so if you walk in our house at any time apart from me putting everything around the house for getting carpet laid down you know if you walk around the house at any time you know it's not like it's going to be filthy we you know, you can go look in our bedroom. The bed's made. It, yep. the, the room is clean. There's no clothes on the floor. It's like, yeah, I noticed. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> 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 you know, 
Here's what you learn in life. You learn that you don't have to like any of those things, but when you tackle life, you don't avoid the things that are unpleasant. You don't hire somebody to do the unpleasant. You do the unpleasant, get it done. There's always going to be that issue every day. Right. And oftentimes if you tackle it right away, you find ways to make it not last as long and be more right. efficient. Yeah. You know, like if, if you hate doing laundry, it's still going to be easier if all your dirty clothes is in the basket, yeah. not riddled around your room. Yeah. And I know you probably never said this to your kids, but when my kids were growing up, if you know, if we said, go clean your room in there, oh, it takes so long. It's like, well, if you'd spend like five minutes a day, <laughs> right? Like it, you wouldn't have to spend four hours on a day. That's right. If you do baby steps. Yeah. What, what in the world are you waiting? It's, it's just like the dishes. Yeah. You know, one thing I that I tried teaching a roommate in college one time is I don't care if you don't like doing dishes. It's always easier when it's fresh. Yeah. When it's dried on for a week, yep. it's going to take you a whole lot longer. So either if you don't want to wash it now, rinse it, yep. then leave it. I knew guys who just threw the plates out. Oh, man. I, I had a roommate. Hopefully, I don't know if the, I won't. I won't name any names. No but names, but if, I hope if, you're if, if you're a roommate that's listening, <laughs> and you're like, "Is he talking about me?" I apologize. Feel free yeah. to reach out to me on social media, and we can catch back up. But like, like, and I, and there was times that I didn't eat much in the room, and there was this one time we went a stretch where I wasn't eating much, and literally, it just kept mounting up until there was nothing left to use. Right. And then it took like two and a half hours, <laughs> and I I ended up helping, yeah. but I'm just like. This wouldn't happen. Yep. But that's the same mentality. Yeah. You know what I think, actually, and, and, and the young people look at me like in the days when I tell them this, but now we have some shared areas here at camp for yeah. the Nicolay Bible students to, to use and that kind of thing. And I always tell them, when, when you use an area, I don't care what it is, yep. table, whatever it is, kitchen, make sure that when you leave, you think of the next person that's going to use it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing I say is leave it better than you found it. Absolutely. And when you do that, yeah. What happens is you're demonstrating love to people you don't even know who right. they are. Yeah. And and when you don't do that, you're showing your self-centeredness. Like I am too important. I'm too busy to leave this in a way that's nice for them. Yeah. And they all look at me like that's not what we're saying. Yes, it is. Right. It is. You need to think of the next person that uses whatever you have. If you borrow a piece of equipment, return it nicer than you borrowed it. Right. If so, you will find that the person who lent it to you will gladly lend it to you again. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a, a talk with our mechanic. We have a, a nice young mechanic here who's really good at what he does. And he was borrowing something. He said, oh, I don't know. I, I said, you know what? You're going to give it back to me working better than I gave it to you. Mm -hmm. I have another friend who borrowed my wood splitter, right? Yeah. And, and there were a couple things wrong with the wood splitter. So he came and said, can I borrow that wood splitter? I'm going to take it and get that fixed uh, sure we well, got it fixed and that kind of thing and and later i saw him i said you want to borrow my lawnmower <laughs> 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 he just laughed like that it was like no really I, it doesn't work right either That's and right. maybe when you're done with that i got other things i, you I can got borrow. a list of things you can borrow yeah. so you just let me know you know that's rare though that, that people borrow things and they actually return it to you better hmm. than they, you lent it to them Another guy came to me once, uh, for some reason, it's my wood splitter all the time, and he said, ah, you know, can I borrow your wood splitter? And he went this long explanation, I would understand if you wouldn't lend it, uh, you know, I mean, people need to get their own, and I'm just listening to him. Yep. And he's an old friend, and uh, I said, you can borrow it. You know, so I said, the problem is I got a flat tire. He goes, no problem. 
he actually took the tire off, ran 30 miles to town, got a new tire, put it on, hmm. and, and, and came back and returned it better than I gave it to him. And I thought, anytime you're going to borrow this. Just let me know. Yeah. It's yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if I get a flat tire, I'm going to give you a call. You know that's right. I mean? You need the wood splitter? I got that's it ready to go. Right. It's got a little flat in it, but. You know, it, I love when people display responsibility. You don't, you're not afraid to entrust them with anything you have then yeah. because they've displayed it. Mm-hmm. And, and every person listening to us today, if you're a young person, realize that's the way life should be. Right. If people get to where they can't trust you, if I walk into your apartment, your house, whatever it is, and your house looks homeless, you know, I mean, you look like things are strewn all over the place. You're not cleaning things. I don't trust you with anything. Mm. Yeah. And you might say, that's not fair. I don't care. I'm right. telling you what goes on in my brain. Not, yeah. not whether I think 100% right or not. I'm just telling you. If you can't take care of your own home and you can't be responsible enough to make sure things are clean, mm-hmm. you know, I knew a guy once, and, and I loved ask, a, asking guys who were top executives at companies, what quality do you look for if you're hiring a top executive to be with you? Yeah. The one guy looked at me and didn't hesitate. He says, I find out where they live. I go sit out front of their house, and I wait for their garage door to go up. Hmm. He said, Why? I want to see what their garage looks like. Yeah. If it's a mess, I won't hire them. Hmm. Really? Interesting. Yeah, now he has a place up here. So did you go back and organize your garage, Dave? I did. <laughs> <laughs> What's even more funny is whenever I clean my garage now, my wife will come out and say, is he coming up? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. No, I'm in I the habit. I can clean my now. garage yeah. outside of when we have that yeah, visitor. I, I am <laughs> just cleaning it. <laughs> you know, so it's what's really interesting is to hear the importance of those personal habits that people have, that people observe. Yeah. And those things speak about who we are, believe it or not. And you may not think it's right, or you may think it's biased. But it really doesn't even matter. Yeah. Because the truth is, what we do speaks to the people around us, and they may never talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. So you will never hurt somebody by being responsible by keeping things clean, keeping things neat, caring for other people. You're, you're never going to be, no one's ever going to think poorly of right. you for that. Yeah, and you'll never get in trouble for that. Never. So yeah. that's not, that shouldn't be your issue. In fact, I'll give you, a, if you were a guy, young guy, college kid here at Nicolay Bible and I was mentoring you, here's some practical steps I would tell you that I want you to work on. Okay. And you can try and tie these to the Bible if you want, if, whatever you want to do, but these are practical, very practical. Number one, I'm going to say, you need to have a neat appearance. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Not, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, you know, I, I kind of made fun the last episode. I said I admire Mark Zuckerberg's, you know, wardrobe, but he's neat. Yeah. He's, he's a neat freak, you know, but he wears it. I, I'm not talking about fashion here. I'm talking about. You did comment on the fashionista in this. Well, he is a fashionista, but <laughs> I, I'm talking about neatness. Right. You know, if you're, if you're dirty yeah. and you smell and you, you know, you're, I'm sorry, you, you're giving a signal to people to stay away. Yeah. It doesn't take that much to actually work on your personal hygiene and make it so that you're, Mm-hmm. Somebody wants to be around you, right? Uh, you're. I think you're always thinking in terms of how can I be with people 
and not be an offense to them and not drive them away by things that actually don't matter. Mm-hmm. And being neat, you won't drive someone away if you're neat. Right. You will drive someone away if you're all dirty all the time. And, and you might say, well, my profession makes me dirty. I understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're uh, like our mechanic, I go over there, I expect his jeans to be full of grease. Right, and, yeah. in hand, and his hands when yeah. you walk in there. To I expect be, it. Yep, yep. Now, however, you know, when he leaves that and he goes home, he usually washes his hand and he changes clothes. You know what I mean? That, right. That's the kind of thing. So you're neat. Uh, second thing I, I tell him, make your bed when you leave and leave your living space clean. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, almost every time I get an eye roll on that one. <laughs> like, yes, Mom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Do you know why we want you to do that? We go back and listen to what you and I talked about earlier. It's a discipline. Right. You can, while you're making the bed, you can say, I don't like doing this, and then make it real nice. Because it takes you all of 30 seconds. Yeah. And, and you do know that even in the military, they've realized the correlation between discipline and making your bed. Mm-hmm. It, it, anyone that's been in the military is saying, yeah, Dave, that's right. They do. I mean, they'll check your bed. With they, a ruler. Well, and they, they used to, I believe it's a quarter bounce. They want to throw a quarter on there and have it bounce. Really? Yeah, because uh-huh. I think those are the kind of beds, like camp beds, where they can make them, and they make them tight, yeah. and they want the quarter to bounce. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but some of Interesting. My, some of the vets that I know have said, yeah, the quarter bounce thing. You know, you got to throw a coin on there and make it bounce because hmm. uh, their their sheets need to be that tight, Yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And and then they're standing at attention. They, get, they make them polish their shoes. They make them... Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you look at all this and you go, what does this have to do with winning wars? A lot. Discipline, learning discipline. Yep. Absolutely. I want young people around me that will make their bed every day, that will be neat in appearance, that will not give people a reason to look at them and say, I don't want to be a part of whatever you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Not a legitimate reason. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not saying, you know, that you judge other people that don't keep to your standard. I'm saying don't you give them a reason. Um, another thing I tell guys, believe it or not, this is a real simple one. When you walk, walk with your feet parallel. Hmm. And they all look at me real funny on that one. It's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's a discipline. Believe it or not, when you walk with your feet parallel, your muscles are being developed correctly. Mm-hmm. And people who get lazy, their feet start to go out. Hmm. Don't drag your feet. Walk with them parallel. Just learn not to let yeah. yourself get lazy while you're walking. Yeah. And um, it's funny because whenever I walk in snow, I'll look at my tracks mm. to see if I'm letting loose on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, here's the truth that happened. When I was being recruited for college, one of the things they have you do, they watch you when you walk. Hmm. And if you were parallel in your walk or slightly pigeon-toed, that was a positive for recruiting. Mm-hmm. If you walk like a duck, yeah, they had a harder time wanting you. Because they knew that your muscles weren't developed properly at that point. Hmm. Um, and I thought, I don't know how true that is or scientific that is. We might have doctors out there going, no, that doesn't make any sense. I, I have no idea. <laughs> but I do know that it takes a conscious effort to walk with parallel feet. Hmm. And once you get in the habit, it doesn't anymore. Right. You know I mean, it's just natural. Some guys do it naturally. The fastest guys I ever knew in track in college were slightly pigeon-toed. Hmm. All of them. Interesting. Yeah, and that's what my coach said. That it was an observation they made as coaches. Yeah, that for some reason these athletes were developed properly if that's how they walked. Huh. So I thought right then I'll walk that way. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
I could do that because <clears throat> it really is a discipline. Yeah. Call it. Uh, all right. Another thing I tell them: stand straight. Yep. Don't slouch. Yeah. I mean, just stand straight. I'm not. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to be like a statue or anything, but stand straight. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't be someone who always looks like you're about to fall asleep. Said from a narcoleptic. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing I ask him to do is, is look people in the eye when you talk. To oh them. yes, please. Yeah, that's you know a, how much a lost you, art. Oh, and you know how much you can learn by looking people in the eye. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Every part of your body communicates, mm-hmm. and your eyes communicate while you're talking. Yep. So look them in the eye when you're talking to them. Now, a lot of times when I'm talking to, the, especially the young guy mentoring, I say, you know, be careful with me. I I have. Uh, I have narcolepsy. It's a nerve thing. And oftentimes, my eyes will wiggle, and I'll look up to the side because I'm thinking. Mm. And then I'll come right back at you. But just don't let that distract you. So there are some things that cause people to do some things. I understand that. But but get in the habit of looking people in the eye. Yeah. And when you look them in the eye, you're going to you're going to actually connect with them better. Yeah. Make sure you do that. I know these things, you, you say, Dave, there's a program talking about the bible i'm talking about setting your life up in a way where you're not offending or driving people away where you're actually communicating well with people and these are just practical old old guy steps to say here's what i've learned i'm 65 years old you do these things that'll actually help you yeah yeah. you know you can imagine if your boys learn these Mm -hmm. just as practical yeah things not as you know something else um the next thing i would tell you is don't compare your progress to others Hmm. Yep. You know, honestly, we all start different places in life. Absolutely. Um, and and when I was in college, I can remember there were some guys. I actually played football in college with a guy who went on and he became a professional football player with the Green Bay Packers. Oh wow! Uh, he was a kicker. Okay. Uh, but he was a, a good athlete, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and some other guys that that I was in the locker room with that were professional soccer players after we were done. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I knew those guys. They were different. Mm. They, they were naturally different than I was. Yeah. You know, there's something about the pro athletes I knew. There's something about them that they could just do things naturally faster and better than I could. Yeah. I would be totally discouraged if I kept comparing myself to those guys that came in and naturally did it. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I have to do? I have to look at what skills and talents God's given me and improve on them. Absolutely. That's all. And I need to be okay with that. And everyone around me needs to be okay with the fact that this is who I am and I'll keep improving on that. Mm -hmm. And I I may not be the superstar athlete that these other guys are. There's one guy in high school, I remember, he was was such a great swimmer. But he wouldn't practice. Mm. But he could only do sprints. If you're a really good swimmer and you're not going to practice, sprints better be your thing. Oh, yeah. And and I thought, oh, if you would only practice, Mm -hmm. you know. And finally, I realized it concentrate on Dave and what you need to do. You're looking at this guy saying you could be so much better. Well, you can beat him because you practice. Mm-hmm. But he's natural. If he ever worked, he'd wipe you out. Yeah. Anyway, there's more practical things. I hope you're, uh, if you're younger, you're with an old guy and you're letting him talk to you about life and you don't get offended when he says stuff like, you know, get neater, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and not trying to judge your, your humanity, just trying to help you be successful in life. Yeah, in very practical ways. And so I encourage you, you know, have those conversations and even try walk in a little bit more pigeon-toed maybe who knows yeah because we're coming up to winter and you can look back at your tracks and if you're like 
you know, at least parallel. If Make the goal parallel. If your feet are in a line going sideways, that's probably not a good, no, <laughs> a good thing. No. So, but unfortunately, that's all the time that we have here on younger, younger and older. Thank you for joining us. This is Jason Dave. As always, take care. Bye bye. See you next time.